Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done on our behalf. As you have found us and made us yours, we once were lost, but now are found. We pray, Lord, that you continue to send shepherds out to seek the lost, that you continue to gather them into your presence, and that you continue to hold on to us as your flock, in your grace, through Christ. Amen. No, it's not a typo up there. Uh, could any of you pronounce that? I bet once I say it, if you've ever been to a sushi restaurant or any Japanese restaurant, it's going to sound somewhat familiar. Irashaimase! It's the only word in Japanese I ever knew, have known, and I learned it last week. It's a phrase. And if you ever go to a Japanese restaurant or store, you will hear it. Usually the host says it first, and then the sushi chefs in the back, or any server that's there, echoes in response the exact same phrase. They are joyous that you are there. Or if they're not joyous, they're at least saying something, welcoming you into their presence as you come into their store, into their restaurants. And it is a beautiful, wonderful cultural tradition that happens at almost every Japanese restaurant I've ever been at. There's different variations of it. There's longer, there's shorter, there's slightly other words that might be used. But this particular one basically says, welcome to our restaurant. That's it. Very simple. But what a wonderful greeting when you walk through the door. Most of us, when we hear it, we go, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so we just kind of sheepishly sit back and we say, hello, two please. You know, as we... We're trying to wonder why they're exclaiming something or wondering if it's nice at all to begin with. But it's this beautiful, wonderful phrase. And it got me thinking just a little bit. What does it sound like in heaven when there's this wonderful, beautiful rejoicing over one sinner who repents? You see, Jesus was, I don't know, not conspiring, but entertaining, welcoming Tax collectors and sinners. These tax collectors and sinners, the ones that were cast out of society, were coming to hear him talk. They were coming to hear him because he was speaking a word that was different than every other word they had heard already. They had heard every word about how they were bad. They had heard every word about how they were not right for society. They had heard every word about how they would not be welcomed into the kingdom of God. But Jesus was saying something different. And so he welcomed them. And the Pharisees stood off to the side and pointing their finger said, look at this. He eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners. I don't know if you saw Pastor Bob's post this morning. It was rather quite timely, of course, because it was on this text. It was wonderful. He had this little phrase on there and it was really quite a neat thing. He said, it's almost as if the Pharisees are pointing out where the tax collectors and sinners are, and Jesus is saying, thanks for pointing the way and running right over to them. Finding out where they're at so that they would come and hear this beautiful word. Welcoming tax collectors and sinners. And as they point them out, he sees in their heart how they continue to see how or think that this is a wrong thing to do. So, as he has been doing throughout the past couple of texts that we've walked through, he starts speaking a parable. Remember a couple of weeks ago, it was this beautiful, wonderful uh, 
parable and teaching an image of uh, a wedding banquet going on and the king, the one who was inviting everybody in, asking for his invited friends to come and they wouldn't come. And so it was going off into the highways and the byways and the bushes and the hedges and gathering everybody into his presence, welcoming them in from wherever they were coming from. And then last week with Pastor Tom, we heard about the cost of discipleship. So after all these beautiful teachings of gathering people in, we hear what the cost of that is like, and that's a heavy cost for those that follow Christ. But right on the heels of that, we get these two beautiful parables. One's of shepherd, a shepherd seeking his lost sheep, of a woman seeking this lost coin. And as he teaches the Pharisees, he says, which one of you, if you had a hundred sheep out in the field and you count 99 and realize one's gone, would not immediately leave those 99 and go seek for the one that was lost over on the side? You'd go. You'd find that one. You'd bring them in. You would bring them in rejoicing. Or which one of the women in town, as they have ten worthy coins and have lost one of them, would not immediately diligently seek the house. Now stop for a second. He's equating God with a woman sweeping the house, which to the ear of the people in that day would have been weird. But he said, which one of you would not immediately sweep the house, find that coin, and then you would hear this woman rejoice, neighbors, friends, come, I have found this lost thing. Everything that was broken apart and that was not complete is now complete again and together. Let's rejoice as everything is gathered together once again. So I started wondering, what does the lost things look like? What do those unrepentant sinners that heaven is so joyful to receive look like? As Jesus was eating and dining and drinking with the tax collectors and sinners and bringing them in and saying, heaven rejoices over one repentant sinner more than all of the righteous that are already accounted for. What do those one unrepentant sinners look like? What do those ones look like that the shepherd is going out to find that the woman is sweeping the house for? Well, if we skip past, uh, Scott, if we skip past the Japanese restaurant and go to the second image there. There you go. There's a little unrepentant sinner. Well, heaven rejoices over repentant sinners. And so thankfully, God works through the parents and through the life and through baptism to count this one as a forgiven sinner who will be taught what repentance is, who will be taught what faith is, but this gift of faith that's given by God, claiming this one who once was lost, born in sin, now found and brought into the family of God. And we look at that and we say, yep, exactly, that's wonderful. We get that, we know that we're born in sin, we know we need God's forgiveness, that's what it looks like, that's what it looked like maybe for you as an infant or as an adult or whatever the case may be. We understand that in baptism we know that God brings sinners into grace and forgiveness what if someone's a little bit older or having a little rougher spot in life you see a repentant sinner might also look like this somebody broken down and weighed down by the depth and darkness of depression or suffering or 
some choice that had been made, some action that had been taken, someone who is so overwhelmed by all the things that have gone on in life that they are broken down into a corner somewhere because they have no other place to go. Sin has been weighing upon them so immensely heavily that they have nowhere to turn. They're in a place of despair. Knowing that they can't keep going the direction they have been going, but having no idea what other direction to turn, and so they sit broken and weighed down, lost on the edge of a cliff somewhere, wondering who will step in to do anything about their situation. It's hard to see somebody in that setting. It's hard as ourselves to think of being in that setting. But it's in those moments that we need a word from outside of us to come and grab a hold of us. It's in those moments that we hear Jesus' parable once again as a shepherd seeks the ones that are out there on the edge, maybe hanging over a cliff somewhere waiting for someone to come and save them. See, that's our job as Christians actually, is to go and do that. That's what you heard about last week with the cost of discipleship. It's our job to go and speak that word to folks. It's our job to see where our friends and loved ones and all the others that are waiting to hear this word of God that would lift them out of their sin. It's our job to go and do that. And oftentimes, when we think of how we may have left that job unattended, we find ourselves sitting in an emotional corner somewhat similar to this waiting for a word of forgiveness for the things we've done and the things we've left undone. A word of forgiveness that's absolutely necessary. And a word of forgiveness that comes from nowhere else other than Christ. You see, we know of Christ rejoicing over the ones that were lost. And there's a beautiful image I came across from an artist that goes online by Full of Eyes. And he Wrote, or he created this image based on this text, and he calls it Jesus Rejoicing. What a beautiful image. Out of the depth and darkness of the thorns and the thickets and everything else beneath where that sheep was caught in the mire of sin, he goes in and lifts that sheep upon his shoulders, also carrying his own cross for the good of that sheep, to lift that sheep up into the light of God. To put that sheep out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. To take that sheep that once was lost and now is found and is rejoiced over in heaven. And that's where you are, one who has been rejoiced over as you have been brought into the kingdom of God through baptism and reminded of it every single week. You are here and hear those words of forgiveness and receive Christ's body and blood in your hands for the forgiveness of your sins. A rejoicing that goes on over the one repentant sinner. The rejoicing that goes on over all of those who are gathered together into the presence of God. Into that beautiful banquet feast of the Lamb. And I wonder, as that banquet goes on, what that rejoicing sounds like. And I'm reminded again of that beautiful Japanese tradition of welcoming people into a restaurant. I mean, you wonder, every time someone is brought into the kingdom of heaven, is everyone that's already there throwing up a hallelujah and a wonderful blessing and praise to God? 
And who knows what it sounds like, if it's the same greeting you get in a Japanese restaurant or if it's some heavenly language, if it's in English or if it's in all of them all at the same time all together. It really doesn't matter because it is a joy of excitement for all those who are in the presence of God as one more is added to the family, as one more is lifted up by the shepherd and brought into the kingdom of grace, as one more lost coin is found and rejoiced over as God's flock continues to be added to. What a wonderful rejoicing that there is every single time in heaven. And what a wonderful rejoicing there will be on the day that Christ comes back and everyone is gathered together once again from the grave and back to life and walking around and talking and eating and enjoying the presence of God together. So next time you go into a sushi restaurant and they call something out, just know they're welcoming you in. And maybe smile a little bit. Say thank you, say hello, but also be reminded of all the rejoicing in heaven that goes on over each and every sinner that is forgiven and redeemed and brought into the family of God through the work of Christ alone. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. As you have taken care of us in Christ, as you have forgiven us and made us your very own and you gather us together, here in your presence as we hear your word and receive your gifts and one day into your true presence as we walk with you. We pray that you guide us each day into the places where people need to hear of your word. Send us out so that more and more would hear of your love and grace for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.